Welcome, Matt. Good morning, good morning. Today we have Matt Hooper, the unofficial official plug of Web3 Australia. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Josh and Peter. (laughs) Pleasure to share some time with you today. Matt is a music scholar, Web3 plug, ICP professional and Queensland chapter lead of OzDefi. We'd love to jump in and question how you got here today, how you made a transition from Web 2 and emerging Web 3, and what you're doing with OzDefi and a little bit about who they are. Okay, well, where to start? So I'm a career enterprise IT pro, as you probably probably know, and um, I guess I've been going down the blockchain rabbit hole for about the last three years. Um, I found it really interesting. As with a lot of people, we had a bit of extra time there back in lockdown in 2020. It was time to watch extra YouTube videos. I started watching guys like Ivan on tech and, uh, you know, he's gone on to found the Morales Academy, you know, doing really successful things out of Sweden and just really found it a fascinating space. And I think for me, the interest in blockchain is an extension of my passion and love for software. Like software eats and powers the world as far as I'm concerned, right? You know, it's the power of what devs have in their hands and, you know, good ones especially um, is is powering everything. And, and so the blockchain, distributed computing, DLT um, is powering so much and uh, it's a very exciting space to be in. So you only jumped in during COVID? Basically, yes. Wow. You have yeah. just made leaps and bounds. Yeah, well, and even this year, to be honest, like without tooting my own horn, I've just sort of found, um, just going down the rabbit hole, joining the OzDefi Discord, which I'll talk about a bit more in a minute, um, just really revelatory and um, finding out a lot. But there is a lot. I don't pretend to know everything. There is a lot to this space, right? And it's, there's always new information coming. So I'd just like to reiterate, Matt, you've progressed from a career, career professional diving headfirst into Web3 in less than six months through YouTube. Well, and and a lot of networking. So as you mentioned earlier, I do a lot of connecting, and I really what I'm I'm used to actually being on the other side of this, not running podcasts, but I like to ask the questions. And I think someone said to me once, you can tell not to not to you know boast, but you can tell the smartest person in the room by the kind of kind of questions they're asking, not necessarily what they're saying about themselves. So that that's how I like to actually run and operate. If you're sitting on calls like we've had, you know, in the recent weeks, we've had some excellent video calls. I found I, I I'm taking notes. I'm taking it all in what you're telling. Me. Me and I'm learning and I'm thinking, how are you doing this? You know, where have you come from? How are you making your transition to? No, it's been really interesting chatting to you over the last few weeks. Sounds like a bit of a Naval quote over there. Um, he's sort of powering Oz NFT at the moment. Very wise guy. Um, it's been interesting. We've been chatting to you over the past couple of weeks and you've connected us with so many amazing people in this short time that you've been in the space. What's the value of networking in the space? What, what's different about the community and why are you so driven to continue to push those boundaries? Yeah, well, and that is it. It's networking, it's community building, it's, uh, it's the vibe. No, look, it is that um, Twitter is key. Twitter is key and LinkedIn Web3 is really interesting too. I've talked about this on a few spaces lately. LinkedIn Web3 is a bit of a sleeper. Um, I really think there, for those of us who are willing to make the transition, you know, and I've probably talked to you on a call about how I uh, had to get courage up to sort of, I almost felt like I was going to offend my Web2 friends on LinkedIn, you know, because I've got a, a you know, reasonably large corporate network that I've built up over the last 15, 17 years since I've been on LinkedIn. What's it? What are we up? Yeah, 15 years. Um, and it is that um, I felt guilty about almost pu- pu- posting all this block blockchain stuff and liking blockchain posts and you know you can get a bit geeky there's a quite a bit of resistance to terms like crypto and nfts what the hell is all this about so um but now i'm at a point where a few weeks ago i just took the plunge i said i'm rewriting this more as the web3 self and so i've actually rewritten it i'm providing you know 
Chief Information Officer as a service, COO as a service, kind of consulting services. And so I've just rewritten um, about uh, the emphasis on community, uh, providing those services and network building. But yeah, to answer your question, Twitter is absolutely key. And I just find it fun introducing people, like just picking up on little hooks uh, that, you know, both people might be have some in, some common shared interest in. I just find it really interesting. So we're connecting some really smart people all around the, um, all around the Australian coastline, really. I think that's a key a key fundamental principle of web3 is this ability to network and everyone is actually quite accessible you know it might come daunting at first but via engaging in the space you've been on twitter you've been on linkedin you've learned via osmosis right and then you've just kind of gone ahead taken the leap and just started jumping out and saying hey what's going on like can we have a conversation that is it and i think web3 defined what like you know first we've got to get through what is this web3 what does this actually mean when we think of you know we, we talk in terms of web web one web two web three so web one was the you know i heard lisa tay um from uh, mooning agency i don't know if you know her she talked on a podcast uh, very recently about this you know re- web one was more of a read-only web we were you know we had no real concept of uh, um, username and password accounts that kind of thing web two was where we got to more of a read write web where we could actually create blogs and you know uh, we had a username and password concept and it was more about more about yeah a, a, a two-way thing and now web three we've moved beyond that where we're getting to a more um hopefully this is the aspiration a more um uh individually controlled ownership of hopefully my identity and some or all of my content where i'm not giving that away to wall gardens so just to make those distinctions but in web three it's also it's not only the decentralized aspect i think it's about um helping each other and not expecting to be paid to help each other too i think is absolutely key i think we were talking before you know off offline about um just putting yourself out there and giving of your time sitting on calls um those are the things that i do and i I actually get a bit sad if i look at the next week usually calls don't get scheduled more than a week or two out because time's very fast in web3 um but if my calendar's looking a bit empty for the next week i'll actually put a call out sometimes and i'll say i need to fill it up (laughs) who wants to chat (laughs) yeah it is literally that you know so i've met some some fun people just by putting that out there on twitter so so while, while we're just quickly talking about that, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Twitter, I'm Matt Hooper underscore NFT. That's uh, Matt Hooper underscore awesome. NFT. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Great. So you can reach out to Matt. He's always down for a chat. Yes. He's always down to share his time. I've opened the DMs. Slide into his DMs, guys. He's here. And so this progression into being the chapter lead for OzDefi in Queensland could you tell us a little bit how this progressed? Did you simply just reach out to Mark and the guys from Not Centralized or how did this kind of go? Yeah, time and time in Web3, we were talking earlier, time in Web3 goes so fast. It's probably only been, if I look back, you know, at emails from, between me and Mark going back maybe three or four months, um, I guess I'm just a willing volunteer. So I just put my hand up. Um, I, you know, you get to the stage where you can't even remember how you met people sometimes in Web3 as well. It's just sort of, they just become part of your life, you know. Anyway, Mark and Arturo uh, at Numbers, who are the founders of OzDefi out of Sydney, it's a 900-person Discord now. Um, so they've built that really since late uh 2021, um, early 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 this year, and really, um, I, I honestly can't remember, but I just sort of um, connected, got in the Discord, found it interesting. Um, key for me was actually being able to go down for one of their meetups last month in June. Uh, it was really good just to be in the room. They have, they're very fortunate to have access to a dedicated venue down there uh, that they get from uh, they 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 borrow or lease from uh, Macari. Uh, um, 
and it's an awesome venue if you if you know the venue you know large screens really good AV facilities um, Oz DeFi we're about bridging the gap between TradFi and DeFi so that's really where we come from we've got CFi sitting in the middle but um, too many acronyms maybe Josh <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you yeah no that's fine I can sense a question coming yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna yeah I'm just gonna pull you up yeah for our listeners that might not be super aware of what DeFi is we'll start with that one how would you explain DeFi to your grandmother? So interesting. Well, wow, grandmother, that's a God bless her soul. Um, DeFi to my grandmother. Basically, it's about enabling finance to happen in a less centralized way. That's about the simplest. At its, at its, you know, that's the prime, um, I guess, generalization about what DeFi is trying to achieve. So we're talking about taking away a lot of the traditional intermediaries that we see in finance that we're used to. So you're obviously your banks, credit card schemes, uh, your PayPal's, all of those um, aren't. As prevalent uh, once you've been on-ramped into the crypto ecosystem mm-hmm. you know, once you've transitioned some of your what we call fiat some of your normal currency into crypto um, you then can swap that on a, on a you know, centralized or a decentralized exchange like a uniswap okay. um, so you can actually move that from your fiat to your crypto then crypto to crypto you can borrow invest uh, lend uh, there are more advanced things like staking which we probably won't go into today but basically it's about taking what we have as traditional forms of finance that we're used to doing uh, and doing that in a more peer-to-peer way on the blockchain. That's about as well. Now, if my grandma could understand that, she'd probably be doing well, but uh, I hope that really uh, you know, really helps. It's like grandma wants to take out a loan and use that loan to buy other things. She can do that through a peer-to-peer kind of system and structure without necessarily having to go to a centralized bank or authority. That's it. And someone on the other side is putting up some collateral for her to be able to access that. And they'll be charging the borrower um, what what we call yield. So there'll be a yield percentage that is advantageous um, along the way as we we grow things um, in the ecosystem. So that's about as simply as I could explain it. But it does get complicated really quickly. Mm. As you get into those those high APYs, locked protocols, staking. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm a a bit of a noob when it comes to DeFi. So if I'm understanding correctly, it's essentially – not not involving a bank and allowing you to have those banking options and utilities with your other peers that are in the space much more directly that's right now there are there is we talk about centralized finance sitting in the middle so there's like traditional finance which we know very well we do it day to day that's what you call tradfi tradfi yeah cool. so yep. some people say tradfi tradfi and then we've got centralized finance which is maybe your uh, gemini's or your uh, your uh, celsius or your block uh, some of those uh, some of those um, have had some challenges this year which we, we, won't we also Luna. won't go into um, there have been some things playing out there in centralized finance which haven't played out in a way that real DeFi DGENs would have liked to have seen but yeah, we won't go down that path too far but um, yes yeah, so we've got CeFi sitting in the middle and then we've got your pure DeFi which is really about being peer-to-peer and cutting out as much of the intermediary uh, many of the intermediaries as we can. Can I just elaborate on that? Because we were catching up with your another awesome plug, Samira from Elbait. Shout out, Samira. Samira is awesome. Hello, Samira. Huge shout out to Samira, peer-to-peer trading without a centralized exchange. I, she mentioned the falling of these dominoes in these large DeFi kind of organizations are having their ups and downs. And this is kind of garnering a lot of risk, a little bit of trepidation when people are like approaching the market. Now, Obviously, there are win- winners and losers in these things, but do you think this is a necessary component for the market to mature, develop, 
work out its teething issues because ultimately all the people in it and engaging with it want it to work. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Um, we have seen, you know, we have the Luna story as well this year. We, we've seen in that case, that's probably down to one or two, you know, um, actors who have done some things that maybe they shouldn't have. That's its own story. But yeah, in the case of Celsius and BlockFi, um, what people I talk to in the space uh, generally feel is that th- it needs to have this shakeout. Yes, we're, we're, we are sorry, we're, we're, you know, that there have been people that have been hurt um, and, and, you know, that some things have gone down. But the way the game's been played there hasn't been right and it's not true to the real ethos of what DeFi is intended to be. So to back to, to that point, um, it is... I, the, the common feeling I get from talking to a lot of people in the space is that it has been a moment where this um, shakeout has been necessary unfortunate sad you know you've got regulators you've got u.s uh legislators watching on you know there are draft bills that are going forward that are taking very close uh you know as they're being drafted there's very close attention being paid to what's going on in the space you know we've not only got to get past explaining to them the uh terminology and these acronyms that we're battling with uh like trying to explain it to my grandma but we've got to get to um them really understanding that before they can legislate effectively so that's another thing that OzDefi is trying and working towards doing we do actually feed into calls for legislation, especially at this um, at the Australian level, and um, we're very keen to do a lot more of that. So, Oz DeFi is rallying anyone who wants to know a little bit more about Oz uh, about DeFi. Sorry, you provide weekly newsletters, data analysis, hosting kind of community channels in Discord. Are you finding people are uh, receptive to this? They're getting a little bit more progressively interested. Is that what originally kind of captured your your passion to build? Yeah, well, device? it's just the supportive, and it's we, on, on emblazoned on the back of our t-shirts, uh, branded t-shirts, is the phrase "when community." You know, W-E-N community. Uh, um, community is key. You know, if you talk to our founders, uh, Captain DeFi and uh, Numbers at Numbers, um, they are very big on building the community. You know, they'll easily turn out seventy to one hundred people at a monthly meetup at that um, uh, at Seven Bridge Street in Sydney. Um, community is key. A lot of people jumping in the Discord, and the Interesting thing is we get a lot of TradFi people come in there as well. There's a lot of ex-finance pros and others who really know that space. You know, they know investment banking, they know a whole heap of things, and they're able to once they start to to um, get into this space, they're really fascinated with how DeFi is doing things similar but different. We've definitely met a lot of people that are not in the Web three space at these meetups, and it's it's really fascinating to see. Um, are you noticing a lot of people sort of, as you mentioned, obviously coming across? To touch on DAOs, you know, decentralized autonomous organization, another way to organize. You know, we're seeing yeah. that come up. Uh, legislators are going to need to catch up with what that means as well. You know, what is this? Is this to be treated as a company? You know, how, how does the ownership structure work? DAOs can get quite complicated uh, quite quickly as well. Um, yeah. So it's a whole other interesting area. But there, there again, you're seeing individuals wanting to organize and, and work collectively in a different way. Yeah. A DAO for the, I guess non-degens amongst us the uh the DAO is a structure that allows a company to function without having a centralized body and then they put through votes directions that can make major decisions for that company that people can vote on yes or no if they're happy for it to proceed that's i guess uh, this the most simplest simplistic way i could explain it and then their vote is through a token structure yeah and then that token structure People can vote depending on how involved they are with the DAO, what their roles are. You then have other kind of roles within the DAO, like a DAO master, community managers and stuff like that. 
do you see OzDefi? Do you see yourself interested in DAOs like moving forward in the future? Because I don't think there is an official fully functioning DAO yet. But is this an area that you're interested in and, and building it? Uh, down the track, I'm not sure for OzDefi specifically. It's certainly something we could do. Um, but we, we are aware of others uh, around um, Australia, Upside DAO being one of them, um, that are, are doing this and there are others around. Um, I guess it takes, to me, DAOs, there are, there are those that are for and those that are against them. You know, there is a bit of, uh, there's a bit of pushback as to whether it's really a great way to organize things um to jump on to um uh ticketing for for a second so the, to dive into yeah ticketing. the um yeah. get protocol team um are the probably the leaders i think they are the leaders in getprotocol.io get protocol that's get um is a token that's tradable swappable on uniswap uh, i've actually bought a little bit myself um full disclosure but um it is used as the token on uh chain for the transacting of nft tickets at its most simplest um so it's a bit, it gets a bit complicated very quickly but get is also burned um as part of that process of transacting a ticket um but all that is to say the get protocol guys are themselves building a DAO to organize um their structure and they are actually using that at the moment to make decisions on the way forward for that blockchain ticketing protocol that's really cool that's yeah. really cool yeah that's literally the case um yeah I'd love to dive in a little bit to ticketing and sort of the IRL to URL experience that, you know, everyday people will start to experience with that. Can you shed a little bit of light on what's going on in that space? Yeah, so it goes back to Peter's earlier question about how did I how did I get here? It's um I find the um there's a real natural progression for me personally. I've spent a lot of my career as a ticket ticketing professional. So when we say ticketing, we mean event based ticketing, right? So ticket sales, uh, uh, ticket sales systems uh, that are enabling people to attend events. You know, they might have that as a souvenir in the traditional form of a hard ticket. Talking like sports, music, could be yes, yeah. yeah, particularly event, yeah, performing arts related for the most part. But I do follow the sports scene quite closely. And so in terms of my journey into Web3, it's a particular fascination of mine to learn how Web3 ticketing and what we call non-fungible token ticketing, NFT ticketing, is playing out. So NFT ticketing... Um, that is on the blockchain opens up a number of different possibilities, both pre-event, uh, uh, it enables an access to the event by holding the NFT, and then there are also post-event benefits that an NFT holder can get, purely by the fact that I've bought one of these little things and I've, I've proved on-chain that I've got access to something. It's a form of, like a form of membership. And have you raised this with the Queensland Performing Arts Centre? Are they been receptive to this? Sorry, just full disclosure, Matt is yeah. a professional leader in the Queensland Performing Arts Centre for some time. Have you found that like you've opened these conversations and they've been like, oh, cool, like I can see the relevance and application of that? Uh, it's possibly coming. We're still a little bit web too uh, in the way we do things. I've recently put in a major new system. A fully, We've gone fully SaaS-based with our new system there. So I will be bringing this up. Uh, I've actually been invited, uh, very privileged to speak at the Ticketing Professionals Conference that's on in Parramatta later in the year, actually in early, early November, um, yeah, the day after Melbourne Cup Day. So I, I'm actually um, pitching that I'm going to be presenting on uh, blockchain ticketing and providing some angles there. But it is exciting in terms of that access control play. Um, I think the after show benefits, you know, in terms of what we talked about with your your venue that you're working to to build up. As well. Yeah, when you, when you think about that and the work that I do with the guys at Stadius.io, so look up Stadius.io, uh, lovely guy called Dave Heaviside uh, from Make, M-A-A-K-E, uh, PR firm down 
down on the Gold Coast. They have some very unique ideas on using tokenized access. It's a bit of a Web 2, maybe Web 2.5 to 3 play. Mm -hmm. So they're using um, member redemptions via an app. So you can actually download the Stadius app. And those, by holding one of their tokens, you can prove at the bar that you've got access or enough credit sitting in your account uh, by the tokens you've bought to buy a beer or your meal at the venue at lunch. So this is a real transition of the, of a, it's a new membership um, system. Yeah. They, they actually had some use with that recently in Brisbane at a football game, didn't they? I think so. And they've also trialed it, I think, at a pub down at uh, Cavill Avenue, I think, as well. Yeah, he said they recently. were doing it. We had, a chat with, oh, yes. uh, we had a chat with Dave the other day, and he said that they were trialing it at a pub um, yep. for the state of origin. Right. Very yeah, exciting. Yeah, so you basically just walked in. You didn't have to have, as a patron, you didn't have to have any crypto or yep. a wallet or anything like that. Just scan the QR code, you get that token in your wallet, and then you can redeem that at the bar for a free drink. Yes, and we're all well familiar with QR codes, of course, since Aren't COVID. we? Yeah. So, yeah, Aren't we? Heard right. of them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Cool. It's, I'm going to just pivot. I really want to dive into a bit about your thoughts on uh, applications of NFT, NFT technology. Matt, you've got a creative background, field of study specifically in musicology, study of music, culture, the people that actually create the music and the meanings that people can take from that and the meanings that people put into that and how that means to other people. That was a really basic way of describing the large field of study. Do you see the applications and integrations of NFTs through musicians extending this field of study and starting to create and expand the ideas of community and how community influences music and how they experience music. Yeah, it definitely has the ability to. I mean, a lot of things flash through my mind when I hear you ask that question. You know, we think of the traditional ownerships. Everyone's got a Spotify account, you know, but what does that mean for the media, uh, the ownership rights of the artists, you know? So there's that whole conversation that goes around in creative and music circles as to, well, how are we, you know, the, the model that's built up over the last, whatever it's been, 50, 70, 100 years has been controlled by these big codes, you know? So I guess Cryptoland would say, well, why does that have to be the case, you know? Why can't we hand back power to the artists to actually um, control maybe the way their own messages and their own material is actually getting out there? And I think that's a large part of what NFTs do. It, it's, again, it's that um, them taking ownership, but also the individuals who have bought into that, I guess, almost an ecosystem that's associated with that artist being to, able to be a part of that, truly be a part of that. So, like, a, we're transitioning from a consumption model to a value exchange model? It should be, ideally. Yeah, it should be. That's right. And there are different people working on this in different ways. But, you know, the guys from Pummel down the Gold Coast, I know Damien King from there, he was at um, NFT New York recently, or, or the uh, guys with the AO Open Ball, so the project manager from there, you probably know. Yeah. Awesome. Ben, sh ben, shout out, Rara. Yeah, absolutely. They were recently over in uh, New York for the, you know, NFT uh, NYC, I think it was called. And um, they were actually, what, what the NFTs can do, like with Bapes as well, the Bored Apes, uh, um, it's they're providing you access into a community by virtue of the fact that you're holding those NFTs. So that's really exciting and something that is going to be, you know, I think explored a lot more. Made me want to really wish that I'd bought one of those AO Open Balls. Mm. They're still available on OpenSea, yeah, so I keep an eye on the prices. But that, it's, it's a new form of access pass that's yeah. allowing you to be part of a community rather than, if we think of traditional ticketing, so the way, you know, it's lovely to have a physical memento of the event, but really you take that experience away 
in your psychology and you know what you've been through um, but other than relaying that verbally or maybe writing about it writing a review how does that live on and I suppose the NFT world uh, allows you to um, continue to have that ownership and you as as creators you know and, and myself to be able to continue to engage with that audience so then I think about what does this mean I've done a lot of work in uh, marketing tech as well so what does this mean in terms of my uh, understanding of my customer base you know what does it mean for traditional customer relationship management systems and it just goes on and on it's, it's just a whole different way about thinking about individual and corporate uh, use of data um, but for an artist that is sort of web 2 dominant uh, looking to get into web 3 what do you think are some of the first steps that they can take and their first immediate benefits that they will see from getting into the web 3 space well, I guess it may depend down on the uh, the agreements they've got in place with the Sonys and whoever they're in with firstly. But I think with the tools we've got, like even the kit you've got here today, it's relatively inexpensive to become a creator these days. You know, like we don't even have to burn discs anymore. CDs are like old technology. But um, creator who wants to get into the space, I guess you, you're going to need to get a little bit skilled up or have some good um, help in terms of getting familiar with how some of this works. But I think one of the, the things that everybody wants to work on is making onboarding into crypto land easier you know this is obviously a hot topic of discussion that goes round and round and it, you know with the advent of metamask and other uh, you know the other wallets that we've got now it is getting easier but still to, to to onboard you know to set up my wallets to move funds from fiat to crypto still needs a bit of work there so I, I would say probably get some advice um, you know there are uh, people out there that can help with this and maybe look to some of the other leaders you know some of these big artists uh, even people like Serena Williams have got NFTs now right so I think there's you know there's stuff out there but at some point you're going to need some technical help um, to at least get it kick-started yeah so we've been chatting quite a bit about nfts and sort of use cases for artists specifically how do you see nfts sort of coming into play in the next three to five years and how do you see sort of the everyday person that might not know what an nft is interacting with them so we talked earlier about onboarding and those challenges i think we are going to see the tech improve further there and you know maybe even the term nft goes away as it becomes more mainstream i don't know but you know non-fungible token even to explain that to my teenage daughters god bless them you know the, the, one of them will say oh dad they're just crappy jpegs you know like you know like, which is really surprising you know it's, there are parts of that demographic that really don't understand it you know the the younger one again has been on roblox for years not really necessarily aware she's participating in one of the biggest metaverses that there is but yeah to answer your question i think we will see it go more mainstream i wonder if you know there's a lot to the actual the tech and and what is behind a non-fungible token so you know we, we the, the most familiar and easy use case is you know something like a board apes or, or your basic jpeg project you know but there, there's a lot behind that which you know we, we don't have time to go into today but i do think we'll see more mainstream streaming we may see the term itself go away um, and I think we will see it become a little bit more ubiquitous um, we talked earlier about moving fiat into the ecosystem I think as more people and and maybe maybe some of the neo banks I, I'm talking to I, I'm quite active in the payment space as well so I'm talking to some players there that are providing some of the uh, payment uh, rails on ramps and on ramps uh, off ramps you know behind the scenes and they're already starting to look at bringing on board uh, storage of stable coins for example you know to get off the 
NFT topic for a moment, but storage of stable coins. There are different stable coins that are out there. We know the USDCs and the USDTs, um, and there are others coming, which um, big banks like ANZ are even looking at and have, have started to develop. So I think that to me is maybe, you know, when you think of a PayPal wallet or the new forms of wallet, maybe that's going to enable NFTs and the movement of them or the, the purchasing and the holding of them to become more simplified and, and less tech heavy, you know, in terms of needing to understand what I'm actually doing and even what it is necessarily. So the value transfer is in um, converting some fiat into the ecosystem knowingly or otherwise and then um, storing that in a wallet. I think wallet like Google wallet type, Apple wallet type storage um, uh, as well as your crypto wallets. Maybe there's a blending there. I don't know, but um, I think it will become simpler. Amazing. I think it's really important and I think yeah, you touched on, you know, the fact that the term NFT might actually go, uh, which is interesting. You know, there's a lot of talk about terminology and sort of how to speak to people that aren't in the space. So I think that's a really good point you touched on. Yeah, thank you. Do you have any advice for people who are interested, teetering on the edge, professionals like yourself who are like, I'm, I'm into this. I'm not quite sure where to start, but I'm into this and I'm hearing you and I'm hearing how fast you've kind of come into the industry. Do you have any, any advice for someone who might be kind of just looking to wet their feet? I guess get get networked. You probably are if you're coming from the professional space. You're probably active on LinkedIn anyway. Um, but you know, investigate Web three LinkedIn. You know, I found a, a cool tip the other day. Someone said uh, you can actually change your entire industry vertical on LinkedIn. There's a setting there under your profile settings to change that to say blockchain industry or you know blockchain professional. So if you want to, that's one way to, to be more discoverable. Yeah, it's very interesting actually. Is this um, like in the last? two or three weeks I or think it's fairly recent yeah, I, but yeah. maybe it was lurking there anyway but yeah you can certainly change your entire you know vertical more you know you might appear in some more searches but otherwise um, I would say connect 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 jump onto Twitter if you can make the leap uh, I know some people are a bit averse to Twitter it can get fairly overwhelming in terms of the fire hose you know the more people you follow it gets kind of, you know I use lists actually another one Twitter lists if, if people are tweeting on similar topics you know I, I have a, a very um, comprehensive finance list back on my mainstream uh, my earlier Twitter account have a lot of if, if there's like breaking news like the CPI announcement this week if I know it's you know 10.30 Eastern Australian time I'll jump on my finance list and I'll, I'll have that announcement almost but Twitter is key for networking LinkedIn as well um uh, and get into in-person events, I suppose. You know, in-person OSD events. events. Yeah, Aussie events. We, we really are about building the community that way. And then follow-ups. Um, one thing I do with meetups, if I, I actually keep a catalogue of people that I meet at an event, and maybe other people do this too, but a networking technique that I use is to actually do one-to-one follow-ups the next day, preferably within 24 hours, because in Web3, things move really, really fast, as we know. Uh, I'll actually do an individualised follow-up, not just to say, oh, hi, great to see you last night, but where possible, I'll try and actually pick up on something that we shared that I'll remember that is unique that we had as a conversation. Just a little networking technique that I use. It's very practical advice. Yep. I just want to touch on that. So, I mean, you're just so active. Your memory is incredible. You're constantly thinking about how to connect people and where to move and, you know, constantly progressing yourself. It's just good fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love that, right? You have to make work seem like play, right? It makes it easier to get out of bed, I can I can assure you. So I haven't been this happy probably in best part of 20 years, I love you know, that. just that's with what amazing. I'm doing. Like, seriously. Yeah, yeah. You're doing what you love. That, yeah. You're doing what you love and you're connecting. Yeah. I think that's, that's no, thanks, what's guys. ultimate play. I want to ask if there's any sort of, uh, you know, are there any routines that you do? Do you have a special 
dance that you do in the morning. Uh, what, Coffee what, blend. Or what a- gets Matt Hooper up out of bed and, and just gets his yeah, energy Yeah, I must up. admit, a terrible habit, and we all do it, is I jump on the phone. I'm, I'm checking those Discord notifications yeah. first thing, you know, even before I've risen. But uh, And it can be, you know, uh, waking up in the night, checking those sometimes too, it's particularly uh, around event times. You, you know, you'll know putting on events. Anybody who's uh, involved in particularly organizing events, it's a big buzz, but it's it's a lot of energy building up to running and then post the event. You know, there's that you, you have to sort of come down off that high and that can take 24 to 48 hours, particularly if it was a really good event. So, yeah, what gets me out of bed? I guess the space does. I, I also have a massive case of FOMO, so I really hate to miss anything. You know, yeah. I, I'd like to be ideally the first person who's found out about this, but um, connected someone with so-and-so before anybody else has. But, you know, that's just maybe a competitive thing. But it is that um, there's just so much in the crypto uh, blockchain, whatever you want to call it, Web3 space. You never know at all. Like, it's just vast. And, um, you know, going down the rabbit hole, it's just inspiring. And as we said earlier, connecting with good, friendly people who, you know, nine and more, more than nine out of ten are friendly. I think that's a really good point you make. You're never going to know everything. And yeah, I think, yeah. Like, it can you know, be very overwhelming. Yeah, yeah it can yeah. be. But I think it's also, you know, a good piece of advice for people getting in. It's like you don't have to know everything. Pick something that you're interested in and you can dive down that rabbit hole and you can enjoy that. And you don't have to know everything. I certainly yep, do not know everything. No, and I certainly don't pretend to either. So I've got to present uh, this weekend at the Aussie Crypto Roadshow. And I've prepared, I've, had, I've gone back, it's been really good exercise actually. When you're preparing some material that you've actually got to present in public, it helps you, you, you really need to go back to your own understanding of the material before you can relate it to others. So it's been a really good exercise just to condense back down to a 10-minute prezzo, what are the basics of DeFi, you know. So it's been a really good exercise for me. But, yeah, to answer the question, I think just um, finding something that you're interested in that, that might have some application. So I guess if you're jumping from a professional role, you know, for me, the ticketing is a no-brainer, you know, because I've done that in my professional sphere. For a finance pro, it might be, you know, you've got a particular you, – you might come from V. C land, or you you might be in VC land, or you might be a uh, an investor of some other sort. You know there are definitely things that can be done using those skills over in what we call Web three. You know, and sometimes that leap isn't that that great. It's just some new tech, right? That you're that you're learning to 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 use. Awesome, awesome, Matt. You've shared some extremely valuable insights. There's some definite nuggets through there, and I'd just like to wrap that up there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for sharing time with us, Matt. It's Hooper. my absolute pleasure. Thank Loved you so it. much, Matt. No. The Excellent. official, Thanks, unofficial Web3 connector of Australia. Oh, thank you. Chapter lead, OzDefi Queensland. You can find him at Matt Hooper underscore NFT. Amazing. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Really, really enjoyed the time. time. Thank, thank you. you. Yep.